It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Raina, so, Raina, start us off, Raina. No. Oh, Raina. Well, well, welcome back, Raina. Thank you. Welcome Ra- back, Joe. Yeah, okay. I'm so glad to be hosting this show so, for you. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> tell me about we your have financial Raina problem. Carlock here with us today. Um, In the house. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, this episode it. may air before the other ones do, so... Uh, Raina's is working on a, a few month long experiment going through the Purpose Project with her. We have a, a Purpose Project series to this podcast, um, and uh, and Raina's our guinea pig through that. So we're <laughs> excited about it, and we made you stick around to, to do this episode because it kind of relates. Anyway, we're going to talk about some things here under financing your passions. Mm-hmm. So this is a quick, uh, you know, Shout out to, you know, all our fellow entrepreneurs out there, folks with an idea, with a passion. They want to move into something, but they can't fully afford it yet. That's like, you just described our whole generation. (laughs) These dreams of grandeur, like, and you say can't move forward, but I'm saying like can't move out of your parents' basement. (laughs) We got to start somewhere, and this episode's going to help you. We got really big hearts, big dreams. We want to do something. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm broke. <laughs> but you're broke. Broke is a yoke. So here's here's how this works. We need a plan. How exactly do you get creative financing your passions? So hmm. we're going to talk about three things that I think have to be in place. One is you got to know your number. Two is you got to know your plan. Three is you got to know your time frame. So let's look at this know your number. If you are wanting to move into something, right? But you're sitting here doing the math and like, oh man, but I gotta pay, I gotta pay my cell phone bill and mom like three hundred bucks to borrow to rent her couch every month, and then <laughs> I gotta pay for ramen. So I need Ooh. at least this amount of money to live. I can't. Three hundred bucks. I can't. Three hundred bucks enough. We can't move into this passion just yet. You gotta have a number in mind, a number that says at this point, when I have either saved this amount of money, or have gotten this amount of money coming in on a monthly basis, I am able to now transition into the thing that I want to do. Um, but the but uh, a little caveat here. I think a lot of people wait for them to have everything in place mm-hmm. before they move, and you don't, right? You can move in phases. So when you look at your number, for example, right? It, it, let's say you're you're wanting to start your own film business okay but you you all you have nothing but a raw talent and a crappy camera <laughs> well you 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 have numbers in place numbers to buy your initial equipment numbers to kind of market your business numbers that you'll need in order to eventually live off this business so you have different numbers so know your numbers at what point do you start making transitions into this passion. I, I like that because you're so, talking about like short, smart goals, right? Like right. short, measurable steps. Right. And the first step might be 
buy a better camera mm -hmm. because you know that's going to open up the door to make more money. Yes. And so then you set that next goal. You set that next number. And it's not something you just pick. Like, uh, 42, meaning a life, right? Like, 42 is my... No, no, no. Like, but you do your research still. Just because you're saying, like, you don't have to have everything figured out doesn't mean you take a step. But you got to figure out some things. Absolutely. And balance your budget and see what you're working with. Yeah. So... Yeah. True story. One of the oh, very God. first young adults that I ever had a one-on-one -on -one with mentoring, and this was crazy, right? He, <laughs> I sit down with him, and he's... He's working part-time at Randall's. He's doesn't have a car. He's 20 years old, definitely living at home, um, plays a lot of video games, and, uh, and, and has tried community college in some schools, but has ultimately, you know, gotten, you know, D's and F's and isn't doing well. Hey, D's get degrees. So I sit down with this person. I say, <laughs> I say, okay, what do you want to do? Like, what are you aiming at? He was like, oh, that's easy. I know that right off the bat. And I was blown away. I'm like, wait a minute. You're at home. You're working part-time in a job. Then you're not, you're probably on the border getting, borderline of getting fired. You're not doing well at school. You're not doing anything in life. He's like, I'm have, doing it. This is it. You have this absolute clarity on what you want to do. He was like, yeah. Play video games. I yeah, just want to keep I, doing like, what I'm and doing. It wasn't, it wasn't just that. It was just, I know what I'm going to do. And so I'm, I'm curious. Okay, what is it? What are you going to do? He says with the most straight face possible, he's not joking. It's easy. I'm either going to be president of the United States or a pilot. Hey, anybody could be president nowadays. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I got you. I got you. Where? <laughs> no plan. Nothing but a dream, a hope. I mean... Uh, huh. You know, it it was it was crazy to me. He's just waiting on somebody to knock on his mom's door. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't say, know what you wait for. Hey, at that point. will you fly me too? <laughs> yeah. I know you've played a lot of flying video games. Yeah. Will <laughs> you fly me too? All those simulators. So, Come on. So up. so look, you start with know know your number, right? You don't if you don't know what your number is, you got some homework to do. What are the costs of moving into this field? Is there an education cost? Uh, for school, is there a products cost? Is there a learning cu curve cost? Is there a time cost? You're like, I want to move into this, but I need to sit with people who are already doing it and learn from them. That's going to cost you time, all right? And so, uh, so know your numbers part of it. Know your plan is a second one. So if you had all of the money you needed to get started, what would the plan be? What would you actually do, all right? And it's surprising, shocking to me even. How many people, you know, have an idea, oh, I would be a speaker, I would be an author, I would be an artist. Great. What are you going to speak about? What are you going to write about? What are you going to draw? I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> you know, like, what? What? That's not, that's not a plan. Like, how's that plan going to succeed? Like, Happy little accidents. <laughs> what what <laughs> are you going to do? What, what specifically is your plan and how would it work? And I think... Everybody needs some form of a business plan. And if you don't know what that is, you need a Google business plan. Business plan for dummies. It doesn't matter. Like, find something and have a plan. Like, here's how you're going to execute on it when the money is in place. And then you take that plan and you run it by other people. And then third, know your time frame. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we've kind of touched on this, but wrap your mind around realistic amounts of time. 
you know, uh, you know, so this kid I talked to thought that he was going to be a pilot in the next few years. And I'm like, okay, you gotta, you gotta learn to build up the discipline to get a driver's license first. Um, so, but, but aside from that, know your time frame. make realistic, timely goals on how you're going to progress on these things. So that being the case, right, what we want to hone in on are creative ways to start with that number piece Mm-hmm. And build the finances part of it, right? Yeah. How, how do you get to a point where you can start to transition into these things? Um, and so the first, the first thing I would throw out there is number one: the simplest way to increase your revenue is to reduce your cost of living or lifestyle, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. may be tricky for the guy who's living at home mm-hmm. right. eating ramen, right? I don't, I don't know how if you're in that position. What are things that you can do to reduce your cost of living? I'm, not, I'm well, sure we know about 5,000 people in that situation right now. True. Well, you are in the ideal situation to save money. Right. That's like there's no better position to be in than not having to pay rent, which goes down the drain so to save money. So Increase your cash flow. Right. Don't go to Starbucks. that money. Make sandwiches and live on rice and beans until you need, you know, need to do whatever you need to do or get a better job. You know, one of the two. Yeah. And yeah, then save yeah. everything and not not consider yourself, yes, I have all this money to spend on anything because I don't have to pay rent. Don't consider that your money. Just use what you got to use and then don't consider the rest your money and put it in the bank. Yeah. It, it starts with taking a look at your finances and saying, where are there areas that I can cut? Now, yeah. I'll give you a drastic personal mm-hmm. example. Now, I when I was going through this, I wasn't a broke college student. I was... Married, had three kids, and they were all very young. I was I was working, um, you know, for a, for a large uh, software company, and and I wanted to transition into ministry, but I had car payments, I had a house mortgage, I had you know Medicare costs or med- med- medical costs, not Medicare costs, medical costs. I had. You know, uh, my wife wasn't working at the time, so I was kind of the sole income provider. How do I move from being able to provide all these things into an area where I could afford to do it? Well, we had to reduce our cost of living. We literally made the decision to put our house up on the market, sell it. Um, we we downgraded in, in automobiles. We uh, almost had an estate sale and sold just about everything that I felt like we owned. And we bought a small mobile home on the outskirts of town and and within a matter of months had literally reduced our cost of living in half. Wow. Right? So, you know, to the degree in which you can cut and make sacrifices and reduce reduce lifestyle and cost of living, that's the first place you start. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're you super passionate it. about this. You had mm-hmm. that vision and started to make sacrifices. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, did and you I keep think, the kids we did keep. I thought about selling them a few them. times, but we did keep so them. We were, we were able to keep all three kids, and okay. and even even went through several dogs um, throughout the process. So um, so, you, but you're right. You got to be passionate. This can't be something like I think I would like to go into this. No, you're not going to make any sort of sacrifice plan or put any work into. Uh, I think I might like to. This this is a deep passion of I want to do this. And feel like I can't breathe unless I do this. And if you don't have that kind of clarity, 
you need to go through our purpose project. You need to watch. You need to go through these videos that Raina's a part of, and you need to start. You need to find that why. You know, find that purpose. Um, other 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 ways. Uh, and Zach, you alluded to this. Put your money to work through investing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the ways you increase your finances is you take whatever money you have, even if you can scrounge up your first hundred dollars, and you look into investing. And we actually did this um, together, Zach. We actually flew out to a seminar in Atlanta from some things that we yeah. saw online. So what are your th- what are your thoughts on this? Because I think you're in a place where you're kind of at the beginning stage of, you're right, I personally haven't, well, you have put your money to work yeah. in some yeah, yeah, ways. Yeah. So talk about investing, like your experience, yeah, some condo, of your ideas. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was young and dumb, I knew I wanted to put my money to work. That was the one thing I had going for me. And so I bought a condo when I was 20. And ever since then, it's been making money for me. And so that's that's one thing just over time continues to appreciate. But now I'm back in that position where I want more. Like I want to be able to do more. I have a wife and we're talking about kids. And so now we're in that position. And so what we just recently did was we had to look at all of our assets. Like what do we have in our house right now that we could sell for cash to repurpose? and then reinvest that cash into something else that's going to make us money. We have things just sitting around our house, in our garage, mm-hmm. in our closets. Mm-hmm. It's just wasted. And so uh, so we're going through that and then looking to invest through uh, through the program that we, we looked at. Yeah, so we um, so there's a lot of ways to do this. My I think the stigma out there, and I've had this forever, is that um, investing is for smart people. You hand your money to a money manager, and you, you put it in a mutual fund, you do something to say, all right, experts have to do this. I can't do this. I'm not that or smart. Or people with a lot of money already. Or, yeah, or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, I I did a savings account, but savings account isn't really investing. That's basically mm-hmm. putting your money under the mattress. <laughs> so when, when I started to research this and get into it, I, I found ways to actually get involved in the stock market through trading and options that was... Uh, it took some work to learn it, but once I did, I was like, oh my God, if people had taught me this in high school, if I learned how to option trade or trade in the stock market in high school, mm-hmm. I'd have been a millionaire in my in my 30s. I mean, anybody can do this. It is not difficult, yeah. but there's so much fear and anxiety mm-hmm. around this topic, but nobody pursues it. Nobody seeks to learn ways you can do it that are that are close to being risk-free. That it's not not risk-free, but mm-hmm. close to. And when we stumbled upon um, some styles of doing that, especially Warren Buffett's style of investing, man, that opened up all new kind of avenues for us. Yeah, I think so. it's something that you think old people do. Right. And so find an old person and ask them how to do it. Like yes. get them to walk <laughs> you through it. Or get on YouTube. We have this wealth of resources on YouTube where you can go and watch videos and start to learn. Uh, one thing I did was I put my money in an aspiration account, which is just an online banking account. It makes 1%, and it's really easy to start funding IRAs and save that way. Mm-hmm. And then also the Robinhood app on the phone right. is a great way. You get a free stock to start playing around with. I took mm-hmm. that stock, watched it go up and down, and then sold it off, and then invested in some other things, and then started buying other stocks. And so it slowly started growing. But all throughout that, I was learning the process. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Um, and... and Investing comes in, in, in a lot of different forms, um, and so we're, we're, t- we're talking about a lot of them different here. I would definitely 
go in and research some of these ideas yeah. and, and and then get a feel for what what fits you. For me, I'm a bargain hunter. I love finding good deals and bargains. So so why not find an investing style that's like that, right? Where you go out and you find bargains somewhere, you buy something, hunt for it, learn how to hunt for it, get it low, wait for it to go up and sell it. It's easier than you think. Right? Yeah. So, um, but it takes work. It takes putting in the education time up front, but then your money is doing the work for you. It's working. It's not you're 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 not you're not doing the third category here, which is trading time for money, mm-hmm. which is the other way you can right finance your passion passions. And so this is where most people immediately go to um, because it's really really difficult or hard to reduce your cost of living or lifestyle if you don't want to sacrifice that. Investing seems like it's too much work to learn and a headache and what if it would have there's fear what if it goes wrong whatever and so people don't do it and instead they get stuck into trading time for money. So when you look at finding ways to get the most back for your time if you're going to do that yeah you can go get a second job if you're if you're only working 40 hours a week and you don't have many other commitments and you have a ton you have more free time than you realize you're not working hard enough <laughs> you're not working hard enough. Um, so in those in those early years, especially as I transitioned to ministry, I was doing side jobs on top of that. I mean, you're talking 80, 90 work, hour work weeks. But I think that goes back to the passion point. If you're like 80, 90 hour work weeks, no way, then you're not passionate about what you want to do. Yeah. Because you're not, you're, right now you're saying, I'm not willing to sacrifice very much for it. So that's not a, that's not a. That's not a passion. And I think that goes back to the, the vision thing too. Like set a number, set a time that you're gonna do that and work for that time right. towards that purpose. Right. Don't do that forever and then repurpose that time. Yes. So creative ways to trade time for money. One, purchase something and then go rent it out. Right. And uh, and we've talked about this a lot with Catalyst. We're sitting here and buying podcast equipment or electronic equipment for different things that we're doing. And we're saying, well, when we're not using it, you know, we could rent it out to other people. Yeah. Right? I, I see a Anybody lot Anybody want to rent a microphone? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, I see a lot of these kind of uh, ways of investing popping up, right? Uh, not investing, I'm sorry, uh, uh, of trading time for, for money. Mm-hmm. You go find something that you put a one-time upfront cost in. It could be inflatables, whatever. And then you sit there and then you rent it out again and again and again and again and again, right? That's one way to do it, right? Something that you can do on the side. Uh, garage sales, flipping items at garage sales. That bargain hunt you were talking about. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the bargain hunter in me. I love mm-hmm. doing this. Here's mm-hmm. an idea that works almost anywhere. Um, what I did, what my wife and I did early in our marriage, we took, uh, we would write a, a letter um, asking people to donate their used garage sale items to us after their garage sale. So after a garage sale, people like they've made their money, they're left over with this pile of junk and they're like, "Ugh, now I got to stuff this in my car and I got to take it to Goodwill or something." Well, we wrote a letter because we knew who was making those, who's doing those garage sales that weekend, and we went ahead and mailed out this letter saying, "We'll come pick up your stuff for free." Right? You donate it to us, we'll come haul it and take it. And we had five, six, seven calls every week and more than we could pick up. Mm-hmm. We rented a trailer. We would go around after all these garage sales were over. We would take all their garage sale stuff for free and most of it was already priced 
and we would then the next weekend have a garage sale mm-hmm. using their stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would only, we didn't no do this every weekend, you. but we did this we we did this at least once a month. You know, no cost to me, but but time and the initial investment in the trailer, right? But other than that, I mean, we were making every time we had a garage sale using someone else's free stuff, a minimum of seven hundred and fifty oh. up to fifteen hundred dollars every time we did it. And we were getting stuff like okay. someone gave us a tanning bed. I mean, some things just went straight to Craigslist, right? We didn't have to grab a garage sale on it. We knew if I take a photo of this, we're going to get it. We had this like China set that was on eBay valued at three to $400. I mean, you find all kinds of finds. People are doing that now where they go to Goodwill and they buy books and or garage sales and they buy the 25 cent books and they go online and flip it. To me, mm-hmm. that takes a lot more time, mm-hmm. but that might be your thing is... Garage sale, flipping That's the Gary Vee challenge. I mean, you right. go into a Goodwill, you go into Salvation Army, a garage sale, yeah. wherever. You have your phone with you. Your phone's a resource. Just get on Amazon and see how much it's going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can jump on eBay and see how much it just sold for. Yeah. And then prices. See if it's worth it. You can either buy it or don't. Like, mm-hmm. it's your choice. If not, then move on to something else. Yeah. But a tanning bed? You didn't keep the tanning bed? Right. Yeah, a joke yeah. actually kept it. That's, we did. That's how he has we, his we, we fair complexion. It. We kept it. We tried it out. I don't really tan. I burn. So it, it didn't okay. really, you know, my wife's Hispanic, so she didn't really need it. So it didn't really serve a purpose. But That's it was cool. Huh. You know, I have a tanning bed. So, and so, Write it out. Come on. Totally. Totally. <laughs> there you go. Um, and the, the, other, the other idea here is leverage your gifts and talents. So take an inventory of the things that you're probably already doing or have a talent to do. So in our situation here at Catalyst, we want to raise money, right? We want to finance even more passions for this for this organization that we have. And Zach and I had to take an inventory of things that we were good at and not good at. And we said, all right, we suck at fundraising, all right? So let's try to not be some, let's not pretend to be something we're not. Instead, what do we do? We speak, we teach, we write. Let's do those things. So we put out a book. We put out video courses. We're, you know, uh, you know, I do. We do camps. We do keynote speaking. We help educate. Those are all streams of income that we've created for our organization in order to finance other passions we have in our organization. Yeah, and it's all in line yeah. with our vision and what we do. Totally. Mm-hmm. But totally. funds what we really want to do, which is serve teens. Yes. So if you'd like to give to serving teens, and, we and still take then, donations. Then we should probably mention that donations <laughs> are good. But but no, seriously. Um, so what do you do naturally? You know, if, if there's some, maybe you're a good mechanic and you can work on cars and you can you can help fix other people's cars up on the side. Like what other natural talents that you have that you can put to work to bring in extra income. Yeah. And there's apps online where you can offer up those services. Right. Mm-hmm. So Right. And the beauty of that is you're calling the shots. You're still trading time for money, but you get to set your own time and hours, right? As opposed to getting a second job where you're required to show up at a certain time and, you know, make a salary, whatever, that kind of thing. So here's so. a really cool resource. It's called Fiverr.com. Mm-hmm. F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Yes. And it is kind of like the Etsy of skill. Um, you can you can make a profile and you can say what you can do and then you set 
certain thresholds for your work. Like I'll do a, uh, you know, a rough sketch for you for five bucks, you know, or 10 bucks or whatever. And then you add on different things if you want it to be more detailed or if you want it to have color, you add five bucks, add five bucks. And by the end, they might be asking for a $70 picture from you. Um, or, you know, I could put music to one of your, you know, lyrics you wrote. Or I could, um, you know, voice over a book that you, your favorite book or a, or children's books or just, it's endless on what skill you There's could. There's some wild stuff What you there. could do, there yeah. Is. I had this, this yeah. video where could, they spelt out Catalyst with dog food. <laughs> and the dogs would eat it, and then you watched it in reverse. He did it in reverse, too, where the dogs would, like, spell out Catalyst with dog food. It was the coolest thing That's ever. That's really cool. Five bucks. I, yeah. I love it. I love it. And I think that is a great place to start, if, especially if you're saying, I don't know what talent or gift or anything I can have. Just go look at Fiverr, mm-hmm. and you'll probably find something that you're like, oh, my gosh, I could do that. And I would actually have fun doing that. I have dogs. Right? I, can, I have dogs. I have, I have a camera. I could do something that crazy. And people actually make a living Absolutely. off of that website, oh, yeah. too. So if you know, you, you're you that cool, go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other thoughts or ideas before we wrap this up? The best people I see on Fiverr, a lot of it's just like selling the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to recreate it every time. No, it's yeah. It's just people buying it. the same thing. So super easy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, this is the year of the side hustle. Millennials are all about side jobs and side jobs to the side jobs. <laughs> and so work hard, but like work on purpose. Yeah. Have vision, like put it towards something and stop spending six bucks at Starbucks on uh, a Mocha uh. Choca Frappuccino. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. a wasted money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. All right. Know Good your word. number, Good know word. your plan, know your time frame. These are key elements to have in place. And if you guys have other ideas out there where you're like, oh, I have something to contribute, well, we would love to kind of share that within the community here. So make sure that you you know, you, you comment, you reach out to us, share your ideas. Um, Steven Carlock, Raina's amazing husband, <laughs> mm-hmm. actually spent some time in the financial industry. And uh, we really wanted him on this podcast, but he didn't have time to be here. But he did write out a very detailed kind of, here's what I would do with money to try and and put it to work to finance my passions. And so you can go and check this blog out, Financing Your Passions, uh, on our website, catalystcollective.community. We have, we'll have links to it here in the show notes. But go read Stephen's blog. It, it's a, uh, he brings up a lot of great things that we didn't even touch on here. So I think you'll find it very helpful. But anyway. Sweet. This awesome. episode's brought to you by Dasani. Da-da. I don't, are I we not supposed to have no, products not, or labels? Not at all. Edwin, I'll have to blur it that out. You don't know what it is. You can't cool. see it. You just know it's a bottle with a bluish Way label. To rat it out. I always heard it's Corpus Christi tap water. Good. Are you cutting? <laughs> we are now. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.